Hi, good morning. <laughs> right, so well, today I um, have picked on the topic of authority, which is in our theme of One Love on Display, which is where we're focused on in the church this year. Authority is one of the, the pillars um, that we're looking at. And I find it a really fascinating area, partly because I don't really understand it fully, but also just because there are great implications if we do understand it. Just to give you an example, um, I've been, so part of trying to kind of understand authority, I've been reading a book that's called I Give You Authority by Charles Craft. It's a fascinating book and I really recommend it as a read. One of the stories he talks about in that, though, is um, about a Christian lady who, before she became a Christian, was a New Age follower. Um, and so, essentially, um, that was in bondage to Satan. But one of her things that she could do in the New Age movement was to see power on people as she walked into a room. And she said that... As she would walk into a room, she would immediately be able to spot the Christians because they had power all over them. Um, and that was initially a bit concerning to her because she said the, the Christian power is far greater than the New Age power. But she soon realised that she didn't actually have to worry too much about Christians because half of them didn't even know the power that rested on them and the authority that rested on them. But where she did get worried was when she saw or met a Christian who knew how to use their authority, and then she would get herself as distance, distanced as possible from that Christian. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that in the spiritual realms, if we had spiritual goggles on us, that we could see things in the spiritual realms happening, that probably we'd be looking at a room full of very powerful people sitting here right now because of Jesus and that is fascinating to me because I just think, well, we should be seeing really a lot more happening through the church, if that's the case, but we're not. And so what are the kingdom opportunities that we're missing, and is it because we don't understand our authority? Because what actually happens when we walk into a room outside of this church, in this church too, but anywhere we go, when we walk into a room... The demons go, incoming, and they get a little edgy because a Christian has just walked in the room. But the angels in the room, they start rubbing their hands in glee because a Christian has just walked in the room and they're at the ready to work. So I wanted to understand a little bit more of where our authority comes from. And we're going to look at just a quick spiritual history of how our status has changed over time. Once upon a time, long, long ago, it seems, do we have a PowerPoint? Yes, we do. We, long, long time ago, we had God and we had the angels and the archangels and there was nothing else. And then they decided to create earth and the world as we know it. And so we had a little change in status where we had, in creation, we had God, who was the head of everything, and then we had, um, we had us, because he actually said he created us to take charge 
over the earth. In Genesis 1 verse 28, he says about Adam and Eve, he says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry on the ground. So we had authority. Um, and at that stage, there was an angel called Lucifer um, who became Satan because actually at that, around that time or somewhere in there, Satan or Lucifer rebelled against God. Somebody um, that I read about suggested that that might have actually been because he got jealous that God gave us as humans such high status in the ranks um, that he decided, no, I want more status than that because the angels were actually placed below man in the status. Then we had what is typically called the fall, and that was when Adam and Eve handed over the authority that they had on the earth to Satan. So there, it, there was a moment in the Garden of Eden where they chose to listen to Satan's voice over God's voice. And in doing that, they gave Satan authority over the earth. So Satan happily took that, and he gained authority over the whole earth. So the status changed to God at the top, then Satan, who had command of the earth, then us, under Satan, and then the angels. But then God had a saving plan for the earth, and so he, his plan was Jesus. And he sent Jesus to save, to, to restore the earth, to restore the status and the mess that Adam had made. So although one man, Adam, came to, gave, gave away the keys to our authority, it was one man, Jesus, who came to pick up where Adam left off and to walk the walk of the human journey. And, in, and unlike Adam, Jesus didn't at any stage in his human life say, no, Lord. He didn't ever yield to any other authority except God, whereas Adam yielded to another authority. So because Jesus lived a life of, yes, Lord, he regained the right and the authority to take the keys back so that we could have the, the same authority that we had in the Garden of Eden. And so after Jesus left the earth, we actually were restored in status through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. We restored, he restored our status to God at the top, then us under God, and then Satan under us, and then the angels. The next time we actually physically see Jesus will be when his kingdom comes in its fullness, and he comes to actually conquer Satan and his kingdom once and for all and get rid of every last trace of Satan. And so when kingdom comes at the end of the world, we're going to see the status change too. It's always God at the top. It's going to be us next, two in charge, second in charge, two I see, then the angels, and Satan is really going to fall off the charts. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so here's a question. Where we are living in, in now is that 
second last stage after the cross. We're in that period right now. And if that is our status, then we have to ask, well, we should then expect that we, would, we should be the ones actually ordering the kingdom of darkness around and not the other way around. The thing is that actually Satan does still have some authority on this earth. Most of that authority is where we have permitted him to have authority. And that's another sermon. But... Um, he does actually have authority. And so that is where we see our authority not working. We see that is not necessarily the status that happens. But what we do have is we have right now in the place that we live is there is a war going on. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. That is a reality. But the hold the enemy had on us has been broken through the cross. So we do not, as followers of Jesus on this earth, we do not actually fall under the authority of Satan any longer. The hold has been broken and everything that happens on the earth right now is, in fact, everything since after the resurrection is, is the kingdom gaining ground until it will be completely victorious. We're just walking that out right now. And that is a good thing. Isn't it good to be on the winning side? <laughs> We're working it out right now. And that's something of where our authority comes in. So that kind of gives you an, an understanding of our status in the spiritual realms. Now, that's all well and good, but I like to know, but how does that really look? actually, in terms of, in today's world, how does it look to actually have authority? The best analogy that I've come up with, or that I've read about, is that of a, of a heavenly credit card. Okay, so if those hand, helpers of mine could start handing out the credit cards now, that would be great. But I'm going to explain that a little bit, that analogy. So, so just from a personal experience, when, when, there was a time when Trent, my husband and I, went to England to live there for a while. And when we got to England, we had to set up everything, all of our personal details and information from scratch. And that meant, um, well, between Trent and I actually, I was the one that had a job secured um, and Trent didn't, so I had the job secured before we got, <laughs> got there, which meant that I was the one that could get the bank account, but Trent couldn't. But I could authorise Trent as a user of my credit card. So he then got his own bank card with his name on it and his signature and he could use that credit card just as freely as I could use mine. So he had the financial authority that I did. Now, I did have to think long and hard about that <laughs> because you know Trent loves guitars and there are lots of nice guitars in London <laughs> and they're cheap <laughs> and um, so yeah no but no he could the, the point is that by giving him a credit card he could have misused it any time and I knew that but at the end of the day he was 
My, he is my spouse. <laughs> um, he is family, and I trust him, and I trusted him to do the right thing with it. So, um, so that's how that credit card analogy kind of works, and it's a bit like what Jesus did for us. So, Jesus, when Jesus came to earth, he actually had his father's credit card, and he had to work according to the guidelines that his father gave him. Um, and Jesus actually showed us, in the way that he lived life on earth, he showed us exactly um, how, how it's done, really. He, because he lived life strictly as a human. He had all the authority of God when he came down to earth. But Philippians 2, verse 6 to 8 tell us this. Um, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being where he appeared in human form. Sorry, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. See, Jesus chose to give up his divine rights on earth and so he lived as we live. He suffered the same way that we suffer. He enjoyed the same things that we enjoyed. But in that living as a human, he showed us how, in our human form, that we can access the power and authority of heaven through submission to the authority of the Father. At any time, he could have decided, yeah, I'm just going to have a quick retreat back to heaven. You know, it's getting a little bit tough down here and I think I'd rather not be a human for a while. But he didn't. He actually, he walked the whole, the whole thing. His life on earth and then his death and then his resurrection. And the whole time he was in submission to the Father and so he regained the right to use power over Satan through his resurrection which is a pretty momentous thing. But here's the even more amazing thing, is that he passed on the authority that he got from his father. He had his father's credit card, and he could use it according to those guidelines. Then he gave us the credit card. He said, if you want to be my follower, then you get adopted into my family, and then when you're a family member, well, you have all the rights of a family member, of being a child of God, and then... What's mine becomes yours, and I'll trust you to do the right thing with it. Isn't that awesome? So, back to the illustration of Trent and me and the bank card. Um, just in case you didn't get that, I represented God. <laughs> um, but um, that credit card was Trent's to use, and it wasn't based on whether he felt like he was in a spending mood or not. It would have worked regardless of his mood. And it, it would have also worked um, regardless of his personality. He didn't need any special skills to make it work. He had it to use when and where he chose to use it. Fact. When we choose to be followers of Jesus, we are given authority from him. Fact. Regardless of how we feel, if we feel like we have authority or we don't feel like we have authority, doesn't change the status quo. It's regardless of our personality, whether we're outgoing people or reserved people, 
not based on that. And it's not based on how many gifts or talents or skills we have either. It's simply something that is given to us because we are followers of Jesus and it doesn't go away. So here is something really interesting is that because we have a heavenly credit card, every prayer we say matters in the spiritual realms in the same way as if Jesus was praying it. The spiritual realms cannot ignore us if we speak because we speak under the authority of Jesus. That is big. And, and it's something we need to understand and start to use. Now, it can actually be misused. Um, and Jesus showed us some, the key to really using it effectively. In John 5 verse 19, he said, um, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus realized that although he had a credit card to use, it was actually intended for the father's purposes because the father is still the holder of the account. And so Jesus relied on the father to show him what he was doing and what he was saying so that he could submit to the father in what he did and what he said. Submission, people don't like that word, but it actually just means, it means yielding to the power or authority of another. And it's actually really, the way it plays out is it's just saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Doesn't matter what you're asking me. In fact, I'll say, yes, Lord, before you've even finished saying your sentence and asking me what you want me to do. It means I'll say, yes, Lord, before you've even asked me to do something because I'm submitted to you. I'm, I'm yielded to your authority. Jesus began every day in prayer, and he regularly took time out to spend time just, just um, being in relationship with the Father, listening to him, talking to him. And I imagine they must have had great conversations. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall there. But it was from that intimacy and that submission with the Father that he was actually able to align his God-given authority that he was given, fact, with the ways of the Father. And so as those two things came together, it caused a release of freedom, it caused healing, it caused demons to run away, and it caused fruit. But Jesus always used his authority to serve the purposes of the kingdom. He always used his authority in, in humility and in servanthood. And just as Jesus submitted to the Father, and he was authorized to act by the Father, so we also submit to Jesus. And then he directs us on how and where and when to use the authority for greatest effect. The more we align ourselves with him, the greater our love, the greater our compassion, the greater our humility, the greater our desire to serve as we align with him. And therefore, those are the kingdom traits, the more our authority is expanded to bring the kingdom in love and in humility and in service so that God will be glorified. 
So we have this weighty leverage that we can kind of spread around in the kingdom. And no matter where we find ourselves, we have capacity to actually bring more of the kingdom. Jesus said once in answer to your question, he said, the kingdom of God is not, it's not a thing that you can say, oh, well, it's over there or it's, it's, it's over here. He said, the kingdom of God is among you. Where you are, you carry the kingdom. So what's the purpose of our authority? Our authority is to enlarge kingdom territory. And what is the purpose of the kingdom? The kingdom is to bring restoration and wholeness where the enemy has brought lies, destruction, and, and thieving, and deception. Why? So that God's name will be glorified and his name will be known. Now, just a quick aside. There is actually a difference between authority and power. So they, authority um, doesn't come and go. Power can come and go. Um, they can actually operate without each other, but they do work best when they operate together. Because when we have that, then we get power coming onto authority and we get major shifts in the kingdom advancement. It's like the difference between, in war, a bullet going forward to, to advance territory and a grenade going forward to take ground. The underlying principles of our authority comes in this verse, and this is Matthew 16, verse 19. This was said to Peter, yet yeah, to Peter, but later on it was said to the church as a whole as well. And Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Those words forbid and permit are used in different phrases. So we hear also about binding and loosing. We hear about blessing and cursing. Who has ever been greeted by Dave Delaney? Put up your hand. <laughs> I would say that's just about everybody here, probably. What, what is it that he always says? Bless you. Because Dave is a person that knows the power of blessing. Do you know that we can release, we have the authority, it's not just saying it, but we have authority when we say bless you in the spiritual realms, there is a transaction that happens in the spiritual realms and there's things that shift all around because we're releasing, because we have the authority to release, blessing. We can also forbid enemy action. So we can actually silence demonic voices, we can silence confusion, antagonism, lusts that come from demonic forces, we have the authority to actually forbid that. And we can stop the schemes of the, of the evil one, of the devil. I once was in a conversation with a friend. This is someone you won't know. She was in another country. And um, <clears throat> she was going through some pretty hard times, sort of re-entering the church after a bit of messiness and um, there was a lot that she was struggling through in her mind and I remember sitting down with her one evening to chat through some things and she uh, and I knew that all the church leaders had been um, had really supported her and encouraged her to find her feet to find the resources that she needed that prayed with her that invited her to things and so there was a lot of love that was surrounding this person and in our conversation she started to say to me how how rubbish the church leaders were and how they hadn't done anything to help her and how um, she, then started, she then started playing the leaders up against each other 
Um, and I just got really confused because I just kind of thought, what? What? That's just so not what had happened. And then I suddenly thought, oh, yeah, confusion, confusion. There is a spirit of confusion in this room right now. And so I actually just, I just took it head on and I said, that's not true. The leaders have supported you and the leaders have are so for you and the leaders have helped you with this, that and the other. And you are loved in this place and you are loved by them. And so I speak against that spirit of confusion right now and I tell it to go and let's have a further conversation. And she kind of nodded her head and we continued with the conversation and it was better. Um, but about a week or so later, one of the leaders came up to me and she said, wow, I don't know what you said in your conversation with that person, but there has been such a change in her. She, has just, she came to just thank me so much for all that I have done for her, and she is just so open to experiencing more of what, you know, of what the church has for her. We have the authority to tell the confusing and the other voices of the enemy just, just to stop it, to go away. And we have also, in the same way, the, the authority to release kingdom goodness into the environments that we find ourselves. We can speak in love. We can release the fruits of the Holy Spirit kindness, we can release gentleness, we can release truth, we can release wisdom and understanding into any place we find ourselves. We can release joy through the authority that we have. So there's a lot of places and ways that we get to play and get to kind of just throw our weight around a little bit in the, in the spiritual realms. Now I'm, pick, I'm just going to pick on two particular ones which I felt that the Holy Spirit was highlighting to me. Um, two areas that, because there's lots of areas, essentially in every area of life that we find ourselves, we can demonstrate our authority. We can forbid things and we can release things. But one of the things I want to just talk about is how we can do that with places and things. Do you know that if you find yourself in a place that's got a really negative atmosphere, that very often there's a spiritual atmosphere overlying that. You know, when you, you know when you go into like, you know, it's lunch at work and, and you, you step into the, a t table conversation and it's just gossipy and it's just people moaning about everything and it's just, you know, sort of, and it's just people pulling other people down and that kind of thing. Negative, negative atmosphere. Do you know that you actually have the authority to shift that? to push that darkness away, to bring light into that by speaking truth, by bringing in love, by building people up, by encouraging. There's an amazing authority that we have in pushing back the atmospheres that we find ourselves in. And there, there is a, a fantastic um, DVD which I will recommend. We actually have it in our church office, and I think it's for loan. Um, it's called Shifting Atmospheres by Dawn De Silva, who's from Bethel Church, and I would really recommend watching that because you will probably have a completely different perspective on how you see an atmosphere in future. But I also have experienced that just in a, in a very real way, before I understood what was actually happening, happening and before I understood my authority. When we lived in England, we lived in a flat, and um, there happened to be a man 
living above us who got very abusive and very angry on a regular basis. So it would be um, usually started with the phone call and his conversation on the phone call, because you know how you can just hear the muffled sounds above you, um, the phone call would just get louder and louder until eventually he would be in a rage, he would be shouting. Then we would hear furniture going, being thrown across the room. Occasionally we'd hear glass breaking and it was just, it's, it was like beyond, beyond normal, just normal anger, you know. Um, and I, I kind of recognised that there was, there was something that was really quite demonic about that. Um, and I, I just thought, oh, well, for what it's worth, I'm just going to pray. So I would, and this happened quite regularly, so um, sometimes I would find myself in bed and I would just like lift my arm up in bed and I would just go, stop it. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, I bind the anger that I'm hearing and I command the enemy to be silenced. And I tell you now, you must go, you must be quiet and I, I kind of just thought, you know, just whatever came to mind, that kind of thing, like just stop it. Um, and just, it, it was, initially it, I, I kind of didn't really even recognise it, but I did over time start realising, you know, that every time I prayed, there was, a, a, you know, like the whole rage and anger subsided and it came to an end and then it was silent. And, and then I started thinking, well, or oh, now I'm scared to pray next, the next time because of what if it doesn't happen this time? Then, I'm, then I, it just kind of refutes the whole thing and then it's like, it's not really me. But every time I prayed, every time I prayed, it would stop. That made me sit up and look and think a little bit more about, whoa, okay, if I can do that for the neighbour upstairs, well, where else could I do that? Another thing that we can do is, is pray over things so, and this was something I thought was a bit weird, actually. I just, I didn't quite, like, take this, really. But there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs and aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Now, I... I actually just thought, oh, that just sounds a little bit too, like, it's just a bit magic-y, you know, like, oh, you know, something's touched me and it's going to touch you and you're going to be healed. Uh, I just thought, no, no, that doesn't really work until um, I listened to the testimony of someone in today's world, Mark Marks, and when you do training for healing on the streets with him, he will tell you that he has testimony after testimony of people who have come through the Healing on the Streets ministry, which is usually held in a town centre, and what they do is they hold out flyers to passers-by. If they want to take them, they can, to invite them to, be, to sit down on a chair to pray for healing. And so some passers-by will actually just take a flyer but not make any contact with the team or not, not come to the chairs at all. They just take a flyer and move on, you know, as you do, just to get rid of the person, you know, take, uh, handing out the flyer. And he has more than one testimony of people who took the flyer and put it in their wallet or their pocket or in a drawer at home and a few weeks later found themselves healed. If we have the authority to pray over things, to change spiritual atmospheres and to bring the kingdom, what are we praying over? Have you ever tried that? I tried it once at work. Um, in fact, I've done it in more than one workplace. But um, 
what I did was I waited till I was alone in the office and then um, I went and sat on everybody's chair at their desks. And I prayed over the desks, prayed over the chairs, prayed over the atmosphere in their, in their space. And I believe that actually in a more recent time when I did that, um, there was actually a person in our office who was, spiritually speaking, quite a troublemaker. Um, and what I did was, I, I, what I noticed was after I'd prayed that, she resigned. <laughs> So, now, I don't know, maybe I could link those two, I don't know, but it certainly brought peace into the office. Brought a lot more peace for me, let me tell you. So we do have the authority to release goodness and to forbid the enemy in places and in things. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is, is our authority in families. Now, this one hits deep because... Essentially, what it's saying is authority starts at home. Do you know that um, God has actually given certain authority to certain roles in life that we play? So, um, for example, it's just a spiritual principle that God gives increased authority to rulers of a land. He also gives increased authority to the head of the church. Um, he also gives increased authority to the heads of families. Fathers, do you know that actually a greater authority rests on you because you are a father? And that means that your voice is louder when you forbid things to happen in your family and you release and bless things to enter your family. That's pretty hectic. And there are, you, you, if you start reading about it, you will hear story after story of fathers who take hold of their spiritual authority over their families and find that sickness goes or that, um, or that something that's been plaguing their family just disappears. It's very real. And so, fathers, I want to encourage you that you can actually declare to the spiritual realms, I am the head of this family and if you want access to my family, you have to go through me and I will not allow access to my wife or children. And you stand there. And what you find, what you may find, is that if there was something afflicting your wife or your children, that that actually might start to afflict you. Because you've taken, you're the gatekeeper and you've taken that upon yourself. But that should also not be something that's too scary because you then say, you take your personal authority to say no. Enough of that. I see you for what you are and you must go now. Get lost and stop bugging my family. You have the authority to do that. In the same way, husbands, now I know this can get tetchy, but husbands, you have spiritual authority over your wives. Now, I'm going to read this first just to clarify that. Um, so, Ephesians 5 verse 21 to 30. And further... Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. And in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. 
it's in the same principle of, of using your authority in love, in servanthood, in humility. Husbands, that's how you serve your wives with your authority, but that doesn't change the fact that you have great authority over your wives. And so that means that you can actually, you can forbid spiritual activity in your wife's life. And you can release spiritual activity in your wife's life. Isn't that an awesome authority? Women, we're not left out of this equation because parents, do you know that you have spiritual authority? Because you are parents, you are given greater authority over your children than anybody else. And so you have the authority to release goodness into your children, to release the kingdom things into your children. And you have the authority to forbid any works of the enemy over your children. Now, it gets interesting when, we, when there is, um, perhaps in the family, there is somebody who's not a follower of Jesus, also called a believer, or the, or, and there's only, so perhaps just the mother is a follower of Jesus, but the father isn't. The dynamic changes there in terms of authority. Um, and, and this verse from Corinthians kind of shows that. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 14, For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. So a believing wife, even if her husband is not a believing husband, can still bring an authority over her children. And I see that, I don't know, maybe just put your hands up if you can think of a scenario like this, where there is a family with a, a mother who is a follower of Jesus, but the father isn't but the children have turned out to be strong followers of Jesus. Can you think of any? Yeah, I definitely have examples. There's quite a number of people putting their hands up. Mothers, you have spiritual authority over your children, and you can forbid and release things into your children's lives. I'm going to stop there, but it's just an example of, of just um, two of the ways, really, that we, where we can use our authority the other areas we can use our authority are in our personal lives, taking authority over our thought lives, our mind, body, spirit. We can take authority and not allow things in, but also release things in that, that are good from the kingdom. We have authority to forgive. We can release forgiveness to others in the name of Jesus so that they are actually forgiven in the spiritual realms. We have authority over the past, curses that have come through family lines, if there's been you know, religions that have been yielded to Satan, that have kind of traveled down family lines. We have the authority to break the things, agreements made in the past, and we have authority to, to change and or forbid things, um, forbid the enemy and release the kingdom in, the, in our future as well. And then the ones that you're very familiar with as well is healing. So our authority gives us the power over sickness, and so we can heal in Jesus' name, and we can cast out demons in Jesus' name. But I've put those last because I don't want that to be... I think sometimes we think, oh, well, it's only if I can heal and it's only if I can cast out demons that I have authority. That's the only way I see it. No, you have authority in every single sphere of your life. You can forbid things in every single, every single sphere of your life, and you can release things. So the authority that we have been given is powerful and it's a, it's a real privilege because before 
we chose to follow Jesus, we actually had no spiritual authority. So we were just buffeted by the spiritual forces around us. And in fact, we might have opened doors to spiritual things without even knowing it. But we have the privilege of having this right in the kingdom of God now that we are followers of Jesus. So do you realize how much weight you have in Jesus to throw around? And what joy, what freedom, what wholeness you can bring when you move in your authority, when you use your authority. And so as you use your authority, it's not just a case of, well, let's just use it. It's a, what we see then is kingdom fruit. We see atmospheres changing. We see light coming into darkness. We see healing. We see people walking in freedom around us. We see people growing. We see people being helped. We see the enemy flee. Those are the things that happen around us when we use our authority. And what we ultimately are then seeing is we are seeing in this war between two kingdoms, we are seeing the kingdom of God taking ground. You have your heavenly credit card. Has everybody got it? Can you hold it up for me? Yeah, you've got your heavenly credit card. <laughs> That's for you to keep. It's for you to put somewhere in a wallet. Thank you. Yes, we've got credit cards. That's great. Put it in a wallet. Put it somewhere that it will remind you of your spiritual authority. And maybe even now as an act of expressing that you understand the authority that Jesus has made available to you, you would like to just sign your credit card to validate your authority. Yes, go sign it. Say, do it as an expression that you understand the authority that you have. And let's see what happens. And just so you know, I've prayed over them. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, The 77777 number is just a made-up number from me, but it was chosen because seven is supposed to be the perfect number. It is supposed to be God's number. Um, when you read the Bible, there's significance in the seven. So there we go. There's nothing magical about it. It's just, it's just a representation. So let's, let's um, on that note, uh, let's, listen to, let's listen to the Holy Spirit on, on what he's saying to us about our authority and where he wants to equip and empower us today, because I do believe he wants you to walk out differently today. So thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and we just ask that you would now speak to us and show us, highlight the things for us that you want us to take from this. Highlight what it is that you're saying to our hearts and where it is you're going with this.